2: I am Matilda Sturridge. When I was 20, I believed that you fell in love, got married and lived happily ever after. When I was 21, I was pregnant. When I was 22, I was a single parent. This is a podcast about how your expectations of parenthood are often altered by the course of your life. This is Bringing Up Up. Hello everyone and welcome back to Bringing Up Us, the podcast. Tonight we've got a bit of a different setting as we're sat round my kitchen table, which has turned out to be a nightmare. Um, Rudy has decided that he doesn't want to go to bed and Ollie is furious that I'm telling him that he can't talk loudly on the phone. So note to self, don't do it round my kitchen table in the evening again. But it's made all the better because sat round my kitchen table, I have my best friend, Tat with me, also known as Natasha Nielsen parker Tat is a writer and also a stay-at-home mum. I'm so excited for this episode. Here it is. Hello everyone and welcome back to bringing up us the podcast today we're sat around my kitchen table and we're not in the studio Which means it's complete and utter bloody chaos <laughs> Ollie has gone off to the pub because he's got cross at me shouting at him to tell him to be quiet Rudy's deciding not to go to bed But all is okay because i'm sat around the kitchen table with my best friend Natasha Nielsen Parker aka tat <laughs> tat is a writer and a stay-at-home mum is that how you would describe yourself? Yeah, I guess so. I'm not sure. I'm very excited. <laughs> okay, great. I'm very excited to have you here, today. Oh, thank you. It's, it's lovely to be here. It's very cozy. You've got the fire on. I've got the fire on, mm. and it's early September, and it's 100% still hot outside, but I'm very much just <laughs> going no, for the autumn. fact that autumn mm-hmm. has begun. Um, it feels really strange and formal that we're sat with microphones having to be serious when actually we're not very serious people. <laughs> it's very confusing. I'm, ta- I'm so pleased that you're doing this. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you so much. Oh, of course, I'm I love so, that. so, so excited. Um, so, we start off with every podcast um, asking the same question. Mm-hmm. Did you always want to be a parent? And if you did, did you have an idea or an expectation of the parent that you wanted to be? Tap, by the way, is a parent to Emilio, who is now three years old.
3: Yeah, that's right. I think, yeah, I definitely always did want to be a mum. One of those things that you can't ever really remember deciding, you just, just naturally felt it. I don't think... I mean, I knew I wanted to be, like, you know, kind and generous and gentle and all those lovely things, but I, you know, I don't know if it's really bad to say, but I don't think I really ever focused on him that much until he was really here. You know, yeah. when you're pregnant even, you're like, this is such a ridiculous concept that there will be this baby and I'll be his mum and I just I couldn't ever see it clearly. Um, and actually, when he arrived, it was also hectic and full on and so different than anything I could have ever prepared for.
2: Yeah, I'm
3: not sure it really would have helped if I talked myself uh, you know, too much into it about what I should be like or what I should do. If anything, I think I think about it more now. really yeah I try and think because it changes doesn't it when as they get older what kind of mum you want to
2: be it changes all the time and also the reality is obviously so much different to what you have in your head but it's interesting because I think that so many people or definitely I'm one of those people that had such an idea and an expectation Mm -hmm. of the parent that I was going to be and I was like I'm going to be you know there all the time i'm never gonna go out i'm oh yes oh, you know because i hated it when my parents went out so i was like i'm never gonna do that <laughs> to them i'm you know always gonna bring the right snack and i'm gonna be really fun and play all the games to do all the noises yeah. and in the reality you're like i just don't want to play all the games
3: but i remember <laughs> oh god no no screw the games but no i remember thinking oh i'll have this beautiful brilliant baby and that'll be amazing and then i'll I'll tuck him neatly under my desk <laughs> and get back to work and do some writing and of course, oh my goodness, I didn't you know go back to my desk for at least a year. It just doesn't. Didn't get work anything done. Like
2: <laughs> okay, so we're going to bring it back to the beginning. So mm-hmm. Tat, you met your wife Gemma, yeah, when you were seventeen years old. Yeah, Is that right?
3: Is that right? I think I was younger, but yeah, really? about then. Well, no,
2: so you were so, th- so well. How old were Tat- you when you did your GCSEs?
3: I mean, God, oh, knows. God no, you're
2: sixteen, 15, 16.
3: Yeah, so we, we so met. So maybe
2: you met when you were younger.
3: Yeah, maybe. I mean, we met before our GCSE. She moved over from New Zealand and... From New Zealand. From New Zealand. um, And joined, yeah, my college. And we, yeah, I just loved her
2: immediately. Before you met Gemma, did you know that you were going to fall in love with a woman?
3: No, I knew I was different. I think I probably thought, I don't know, I never really addressed it. You know how much you can, like, bury when you're a teenage girl? You can just push things aside. I didn't really fancy many boys, but there was definitely not anyone I was. Did you fancy girls? Some, not a lot. I
2: wasn't really fancying anyone. (laughs) Then you met. It is one of the most romantic stories in the world, and I actually just could do a podcast on your and Gemma's (laughs) love story, which is my favourite story. But so you met. Oh, okay, so you met when you were 15, 16, but then you maybe fell in love with you when you were 17. Well, I fell Ooh, in straight love with away. her <laughs> as soon as
3: I saw her, and I can remember it totally, but it wasn't... She was... Well, neither of us were out of the closet, mm. so we were... No one... We didn't know what that meant. I think I knew before she did. In fact, I definitely did know. <laughs> so <laughs> I ran around after her. But she was with someone for a couple of years, and that was very painful, but I just kind of hung around until they just became undeniable, you know, and... Uh. Then we, um, she came over to mine, yeah, for to watch Jonathan Creek.
2: <laughs> I mean, oh that is God, one I of the best
3: shows <laughs> in the whole entire world. And I, I, I would like, make all the yeah. moves to Jonathan Creek could if this I could. Get sexier? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think
2: yeah. so. I like, can no, do that. A little magic <laughs> trick for you.
3: And then, yeah, and then we, we we kind of started dating a secret at college. And then she kind of came and stayed at my house and never left. And um yeah, and then when I moved out, she just moved with me. <laughs>
2: But that is actually a true story. She literally did have a leave. And you've been together ever since. Mm -hmm. But you... Gemma asked you to marry her. I mean, I was actually trying to work out when it is. It must have been around six, seven years ago. Oh, God, don't say that. Well, if Rudy's eight, I think Rudy was around two, three at your wedding. Yeah. So you were together for quite a long time. Yeah, we were together for nine years before
3: she proposed, which is a really good amount of time. And occasionally, when you feel a bit like a child has robbed you of, like, your time together as a partnership. Mm-hmm. I do think, wait, I did have, like, almost a decade. Yeah, with <laughs> So her, yeah. I do, yeah, but... And then we got married in 2014. In
2: that time before you got married, with children on the cards, did you talk about it or did you not talk about it at all?
3: No, so we... Um, I actually checked in with her about this um, prior to um, us meeting tonight because I didn't know whether she had the same thing going on as what I had, But I think but it turns out she did. We didn't, because we didn't have any role models of same sex couples that we knew, Mm. we didn't know, or we didn't know that we would be able to do that together. So we had this kind of vibe in our relationship of being like, well, this is brilliant and we love it so much, but at some point there will be an end to it. It seemed like a kind of finite relationship. And we'll have to go and mm, fucking get with some boring old husband and have a traditional marriage. We didn't even entertain. Yeah, we didn't even entertain the idea. Really, it just was a sad spot that we never really talked about Um, until I think, you know, we got older and we got into our later twenties. It was like, do you know what? Actually, I'm never going to be able to leave her. So we must be able to work around this.
2: But wait, so you thought that because you didn't realise as two women the possibilities that you had and the options that you had yeah. to have children, or you, you well, were no, just I mean, so, you know, set in ways that you went, uh, the only way to have a child is to have one with a man. And, it, and I know
3: it seems kind of ridiculous now, but things seem to have moved so fast in, like, representation of people, of same-sex, like, couples and same-sex parents, but... We'd never known anyone who'd done it, and I felt like we got lucky enough to have been allowed to be together, but it was just beyond our reach of you know the idea that we could have a family.
2: I know it seems a bit mad now.
3: No, it's so, no, <laughs> it, 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 it's so
2: interesting because I, I didn't know any of that, but also it's just completely mad that you think that people—that's just what—that's how mm. people thought and you thought, and you didn't—you didn't know what was the all the possibilities i
3: think a lot of it is kind of you know an innate sense of like you've seen a traditional relationship and that's the way you always must go in the end
2: and i guess we were also you know brought up in traditional our role models were our parents who you know Mm -hmm. got married at a young age and had these children and lived a lovely life and you kind of think oh that's that's what is meant to happen yeah and that that was my when yeah and when completely and i was so so naive up until up until i got pregnant with rudy and the fact that i absolutely thought you fell in love you got married you had babies and you lived happily ever after and all would be fine i had no idea about single parenting nor did i Mm. ever believed that i'd be a single parent let alone a young single parent and the reality of that when it happened i was so frightened because i was like but, but this is the way it's meant to be yeah. it's not meant to be this way he can't ever be happy mm-hmm. because he's not having what i had and yes. he, you know i failed i was i felt like i failed him before he oh, was even yeah. born yeah
3: that's horrible but yeah no i totally can understand that that you're giving someone something that's missing yeah yeah that's not that's an incomplete family unit yeah Yeah. which is just so sad I guess
2: that we all thought that that was that was what it was then so you then got married and had the most beautiful wedding in the whole hotel world (laughs) thank you you were there I know (laughs) um how quickly after you got married did you guys sit down and go okay I think we want to have kids um,
3: I mean, I think it was as soon as we got back from the honeymoon.
2: Really? Yeah,
3: because we had been together for so long that yeah. we didn't need necessarily that.
2: You knew, I mean, you knew what you wanted. Yeah, yeah, we knew what we, what we wanted. Yeah. But what's, you know, it's if you're in a straight couple and you come back from your honeymoon and go you know we want to have mm-hmm. a baby you then go upstairs and <laughs> and it's you know have sex and that's your journey and it's this really intimate romantic kind of journey into having children when you're in a same sex relationship it is completely not that at all how does it work well yeah it's so interesting that you say romantic
3: because that was my that was such a like thing for me that it was so unromantic you know were like, you really upset that that was stripped yeah you? i don't know why it just made me it was another thing that felt oh it's not you know it's it's not the the fairy tale thing yeah you know i remember like sitting in a pub in notting hill after work with just like just stacks of paper and going through all this paperwork for, you know, IUI and from the doctors and all this stuff. And if someone had looked across, they would have thought we were in a business meeting. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not... It's just so far from, you know, what you ideally... The romanticised thing of, like, falling into Well, what you someone. think
2: is the norm. Yeah. But you... So you guys had a media through sperm donation. Yeah. So it's... Which is basically, like... I sound like IVF. Yeah, it's... Yeah. But I guess you have you know, you could have adopted or you could have gone through the surrogacy route and egg donation and sperm donation. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of different ways that you could have got your baby. What made you decide this route? And did you talk about the other routes? We talked
3: about everything. (laughs) So I think this just seemed the most direct, kind of, I don't know, natural, is that the right word? Does that even apply? But this just seemed like the best fit for us. And also because we both... Do eventually want to carry? Yes, I carried the first time, but I think that was just the right fit for us. And finding a donor that we could buy enough stock off—I mean, it's stock, though, but, <laughs> 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 um, but you know that—that that means that we can then use the same donor for future pregnancies. Yeah. So mm. you've got all of the stock
2: mm-hmm. frozen. Oh yeah. Which is amazing. It's Occasionally, amazing I see a bill
3: thing. when I'm going through my bank statement. I'm like what is sperm? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was buying sperm. I was like, oh, it's for that. Yeah. And you literally went through a booklet that had, like a dating profile, that had men's profile. And what, what information? Does it give you sort of their background, yeah. their interests, their yeah, hobbies? Yeah, it's like going on Facebook.
3: It's so, so it's like interesting. I mean, th- they have the photo of them and then a, like short essay being like, oh, I really want to help. It's it's some of them, you know, some of them are better than others. <laughs> some of them you would turn around or cross the street if they were walking towards you. But, <laughs> so, you know, there's, there, was some, there was loads of really, really sweet ones and they tell you a bit about themselves and they, you know, say, oh, I'm into music or I'm like into mm. art or I'm, you know, into maths or whatever. And it's, you know, it's a really, actually kind of a really well-rounded way. Mm. You learn about like, oh, my mother had, you know, in ingrown hair once <laughs> I mean it's like it's <laughs> so detailed of like their family history you'd never know it about your even your own partner
2: that's so and then so you do that and you choose your your sperm yeah you choose your guy and then what happens
3: um well I seem to say actually for the one of the reasons we chose our guy was that he was an open donor because half of them not half but yeah I think so talk not. about the difference between an open donor and a closed yeah donor. half um We'll say, look, we don't want to be contacted by the child or the parents, um, and then half, you know, the rest of them say, yeah, that would be okay. Once he's, like, I think, sixteen or eighteen, he can go and speak to them. And We really, that was like kind of our first thing was that he'd be able to go and, you know, contact them and have any questions or whatever. And I just thought that was really important. Yeah. Um, but anyway, well, once really, we. really.
2: I, I can imagine that some people would go, oh, it's easier not to, but actually, you forget that a 16 year old and when your child's older they do sometimes really need need to know Mm, yeah
3: i mean we have questions about our parents you know and also yeah i mean initially that kind of thing like because i'm one of those people that their brain goes to the worst case scenario i was like oh god is this going to be a horrible thing yeah but actually through like thinking it through and trying to like kind of parent him in a positive way it's like why, why would it have to be? Why can't it be a really lovely experience and a really mm. positive relationship he could have with this guy? Mm. Um, so also, well, well, if
2: he chooses to, he might also go, I have yeah. absolutely no interest. I don't need... Th- but it's yeah. amazing that you've given him that choice where you could have selfishly gone... Mm-hmm. Well, saying selfishly, I don't, that's not the right word. No, I there are people you, yeah. who make that decision and it's not selfish. That's just the decision that's right for them. Yeah. But you could have gone, no. Yeah. And that, because that was just easy... But it's. Well, I hope it's the right thing for him. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. We'll come back to this. Yeah. So you then. it was. I mean, it was. For you guys, it was a pretty smooth journey into getting. Pre- Isn't it worked first time, didn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. So we did IUI, which is basically they just a sperm insemination. So it's as straightforward as it kind yeah. of can be. Um,
2: Am I remembering this right? Did you have to both go through. Couples therapy. Yeah, and I, God, I hated it. But that's it. like, but it's that kind of stuff that you think, like, you know, know, when you're a married couple and you're in a straight relationship and you decide to have a baby and you just <laughs> have a baby, but if you're, then you then have to be put into therapy and to really be asked questions about whether you want to be a parent, do you turn yourself slightly mad, slash, <clears throat> completely second guess it and be like, maybe, maybe I don't want to be a parent with this person?
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did not. I think I really dragged my heels. I mean, poor Gem. I don't... cannot remember if I was even... Is this basically. compulsory? It's compulsory,
2: yeah. How, how many sessions is a is
3: compulsory? I can't remember. I think it was about three. I mean, my, my brain has absolutely blocked it out. But it was... I mean, the whole process, because... Oh, I don't know. I think now we know, and we'd kind of... We'd lead in a more positive, yeah. open-hearted way. Because I was finding it so unenjoyable, I... I just just went with my head down. I didn't learn anything more than I absolutely needed to know. Mm. I I did the lessons. uh, um.
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC.
3: What kind of
2: questions? What I mean, what's the therapy oh, for? What, I what mean, do it was they like, say? How's your it? relationship? And so it's it's basically testing your relationship to to make sure yeah. that you're both really like each other.
3: Yeah, or like just suitable candidates, kind of thing. I'm not. I mean, yeah, I'm not totally clear on why they do that, but I think everyone has to do it.
2: Yeah. Well, it's sort of like I guess adoption. They also go through such a mm-hmm. hard, hard process. Yeah, that's to rigorous to even get close.
3: And I, I was just you know just to say, I think the reason I was so um, kind of sh- closed-minded about the whole thing was I I was just so focused on it being so different to everything everyone else was doing I felt I wasn't in the kind of like the gang of normal people as in normal as in straight and I thought well oh, me and Jem have to do this like really strange clinical thing of going and speaking to these nurses and these therapists and if I can just get to the point of conception then i can be a normal mum. you know what i mean yeah it's sad it was a really like not a very nice process and we didn't really talk about it very much at the time
2: do you talk about it now?
3: um yeah a bit and i think if we do it again i feel much more positive because it's not a horrible process it's actually fine yeah and now when you know everything works out well you're like oh this is cool this is chill we should we should probably try and enjoy this or at least not find it so nightmarish
2: yeah so you got pregnant mm-hmm First time, which is amazing and so exciting. You had a a pretty lovely pregnancy, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah,
3: it was pretty straightforward.
2: And then Amelia came into the world. Yeah. Which was one of the most exciting days ever for everyone. Who was <laughs> close to Tat and Gem. It was so exciting. Yeah. One lovely. of my first questions I think about from when you had Emilio is when... I think when, in a straight relationship, a father sometimes at the beginning finds it really hard to bond with the baby. And they, people say that when the baby comes out, it looks exactly like the father. So the Mm -hmm. father has an immediate bond and it's, you know, obviously difficult for a father because the baby is so attached to the woman that's given birth to it because, you know, they feed it and... And it really needs that person to live. How was it for Jem when Amelia was born? Yeah. I think it did was, she have that same
3: They well, I think she, before he before he arrived, she was definitely anxious about mm. it being like it's not the biological she wasn't the biological parent and I kind of obviously wasn't because I was already bonding with him even when he was inside still. She was Yeah, I think a bit nervous about the whole thing because it is a bit daunting anyway for a parent, but then for the fear of him coming out and being like, "Mm, who are you? But actually, I think after like 10 minutes in the hospital room, it was like just love was so much bigger than biology and it just took over. And then things like, it's one of those weird things when like things going wrong actually helps and makes things go a bit easier. Like he wouldn't latch, so I couldn't breastfeed. And actually it meant that she was feeding him as much as I was and he was just having as much like chest time with her as me and she got up as much in the night. And so even though at the time it was like, oh my God, this is difficult and a nightmare, you know.
2: It was lovely for her. It was lovely and, for and her. she felt that yeah. connection.
3: Yeah, exactly. And she could just be as, as exhausted as I was, <laughs> which was brilliant. But yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, she's had such a different experience than I have, mm. I guess but yeah i mean you'd never know now i don't think who he was you biologically absolutely completely wouldn't mm.
2: does did it make her and does it make her want to carry if you decide to have another baby How, what, yeah have you spoken oh, about yeah. it does it make her want to yeah. carry it? or do you go well you did it so well and <laughs> she, does it, she, <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't necessarily need to do that
3: um yeah, no she definitely does want to carry at some point but it was I mean, this is this is obviously a thing unique to same-sex parents um, that normally if you're a, like a husband or a boyfriend you see your partner go through that, you're like, well, I'm never going to have to do yeah. that. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, poor girl. <laughs> you're so <fair> right. <laughs> yeah, she was like, oh, oh my fuck. God, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. And I was like very dramatic about it at the time, so I wasn't really helping her about that. But, you know, I can understand now why, uh, you know, before we had kids, we were like,
2: We'll have five and it will be brilliant. I didn't even think of that <laughs> no, idea of really. the fact that the man goes like, Oh god, this is so horrific mm-hmm. and scary but thank God I don't have to do it with Jen being there the whole time being like, Tap wants me to do this next. I know. She wants me to do this next.
3: I know, I know. It was just I think she was like, Well that was awful. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll see. I so mean, that's I why i go with a lovely no <laughs> on, <laughs> on that. I know, and that occasionally when the grand when the grandparents are like, so like anytime time soon, she's like, we still need some time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still recovering. I know, but yeah, poor thing.
2: Um, so one of the big questions about, I think, that you know, I have to you is the fact that same-sex marriages only became legal in july 2013 which is so weird because when you think about it that just wasn't very long ago legally same-sex couples were only allowed to adopt a child in 2002 which when you think about it wasn't Mm -hmm. very long ago yes times have moved on so much but do you think really that society has moved on and it's it's so mad to think that all of this just happened not not long ago at yeah. all, yeah, at all, at all, at all, and being in the reality of being in a same-sex relationship and having a baby, yeah. Do you? Do, I mean,
3: well, no, I know, I know what you mean. I mean, it sometimes it I'm does feel like end-point. long. No, no, I know what you mean. It, sometimes it doesn't feel like long ago, and sometimes it does in different situations. Definitely, things like getting married. I remember the the register. Crying because we were her first same-sex couple, and on all the forms, of so people were like, "Oh my God, is the other f- our first, And that was like, "Oh yeah, how funny!" And things like um, our, the, our local vicar. Remember, we couldn't get married at the church because yeah, my, my family it's... vicar didn't want us and stuff. And occasionally, you're like, "Oh wow!" You're reminded. Because <laughs> normally, you're buffered by yeah. your friends and family, and you're like, "The world is a happy, loving place." Yeah. And occasionally, you stick your head up above, and you're like, "Oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> they're trying to shoot me!" But it, you know, definitely with the when we started, when we had the idea to start a family, yeah, things like, that we've spoken about, things like, that on all the forms we had to draw in our own boxes for like, you know, two parents or... Did you ever, did you ever go
2: when you, yeah, when you so... We did. Kat was saying in in doctor's offices, you know, on the same, there's there's still no, you know, wife and wife or husband and husband Mm -hmm. or there's all... Yeah and
3: that can get you down a bit that kind of thing and like Gemma standing up at like in the NCT class when it's like come on all the daddies and then this like kind of small (laughs) Kiwi woman has to stand up there and like it's it it is I wish there was a bit more you know understanding and inclusivity
2: around that kind of thing because
3: it Mm. can get you down a bit.
2: We've spoken about the fact that we'll walk into a bookshop and you know children are like sponges and they completely soak up absolutely everything and and to this day, you know, you still go into a bookshop and the majority of bedtime stories are always mummy and daddy there's no mm-hmm. just mummy or just daddy or mummy and step daddy or daddy and step mummy or mummy and mummy and daddy and daddy and it's hard because when you have a child that's, oh, you know, living in a blended family or got yeah. two mummies or two daddies or it's being brought up by a single mother or a single father, they get You know they do. You know I know that Rudy has before we've spoken about it. Found it hard that it's it's always mummy and daddy. Yeah, yeah, it is difficult. It's sad how little. But it's it's kind of you think. Well, why? It's it's, it's baffling. It's just why hasn't it
3: progressed? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of my sisters bought us a Mummy Mama and Me. I think it was called, and it was so brilliant. And when I went to look. For more, I was like, "Oh my god, this is the only one." Yeah, basically, you I mean, can find, are... if you go,
2: you know, on Amazon, <coughs> you can find these yeah. books. But if you walk into a massive Waterstones children's bookshop, yeah, no, it's or not. Or any and other bookshop. And also, the th- the thing, it's not, it's yeah. not there. And
3: often, what it will be is about the book will be about having two months, and it's like, well, no, really, I just want a book about going to the park. Going to or the whatever. park with my two, yeah, exactly. yeah, and it just so happens, it's to be. the same. I
2: found the same with step parenting. It's step parenting is such a you know so many people have step parents and yeah. you go into a bookshop in the parenting section and there is no book mm. about yeah i've never thought about, about that That's so true, and, yeah. like, and also like it's so you know how you introduce a child to this you know a future step parent or there's absolutely nothing there's i you know i search for information and there's just yeah apart from on websites and blogs and but things, it's the same no as
3: book. like well i mean i don't know about step parenting as much but like None of, I mean, hardly any TV shows, but certainly not children's TV. So, you know, he yeah, never so sees right. ones that are like, oh, then Mummy and Mama did this or whatever, but...
2: Has is he ever... Sad. So is now three, we'll get on to it, but has he ever, in those kind of circumstances, gone... Why is it Mummy and Daddy? Like, where's Mummy and Mummy? I think and mommy? he kind of... No, and he's mama. not
3: there yet. I mean, I think he kind of thinks like some, he's like, well, we don't have a cat either. Do you know what I mean? So when he sees a cat, and he said, I mean, the other day when I mentioned something to him, like, I think it was around Father's Day, and I said, yeah, because you don't have a father, do you, Em? You have two mummies. And he goes, I don't have two mummies. I have a mummy and a mama. <laughs> and he was, like, so determined about it. But he'll, he'll get to recognise it soon, I think.
2: Yeah, so he's starting, he's at nursery now and starting mm-hmm. school. And we were talking about, have you, you know, thought about when he goes to school and and children, which they do, you know, will go, where's your dad? Or, you know, is your dad yeah. picking you up? Mm-hmm. Or, and that's just, you know, the, their norm and that's what they'll ask. And have you ever thought about him coming home and going, so yeah, is my dad picking me up? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> yeah. I
3: mean, I definitely, do you know what? I thought about it so much more before I had him. Mm-hmm. I thought about there'd be this huge kind of, ghost in our relationship with him and it would be a really difficult subject, but I don't really think about it very often. I mean, we think about it impractically and sometimes and we're like, well, we'll just be open and honest and lead with, you know, pride and I don't think he will feel like he's got anything missing. You know what I
2: mean? He 100% percent will No,
3: and also, especially with like things like... Missing. Well, the th- yeah, I mean, especially with things like school when they're so small, you are their world. And then you kind of gradually, there's like nursery and then gradually school and a bit more and it just gets wider and wider. And I think we'll just try, you know, I I still speak to his headmistress a lot about it now and just to make sure that we've just got it covered about how he feels about stuff, you know. And
2: And how did the school deal with it? When you say you speak to his headmistress, what do you... Well,
3: just things like around Father's Day and that kind of stuff. And honestly, it's... it's, Well, first of all, she's brilliant, but it's also... Things like Father's Day, you know, the room is full of uncles and stepfathers and grandpas and mums anyway, because there are single mums. I mean, it just has so far hasn't been an issue, really. Hmm.
2: You know? On Rudy's Father's Day, he wrote um, Me a Mia card. oh You are the daddy. Sweet, I know. <laughs> I said, Happy Father's Day, mummy. <laughs> <That was laughs> oh, so I cool. love that. It was, it was a couple of years ago and it was so sweet. But I remember actually on that day I said, you know, how did it make you feel? Because you forget that there are those days that mm-hmm. celebrate Mother's Day and Father's Day and some children don't have mums or dads or and it's so, you know, it's hard for them. But he's kind of was like, yeah, no.
3: Yeah, and also if, as long as you're like creating an environment where it's like we can talk about it. Like sometimes life is difficult and shit, but as long as we always keep yeah, talking about it. Yeah, and being completely open. Yeah, And exactly. having a
2: child that can just, keep you know, talk about all the worries. Is yeah, so, 100%. is so important. That's so you do, but you don't have any, you know, concern. It's amazing you have no concerns. I mean, I don't have no
3: concerns. (laughs) I mean, I'm riddled with warriors (laughs) in (laughs) general. But, you know, I just think, I just trust in mine and Jem, like, our ability to kind of, like, you know, just keep it going. Keep talking to him, keep it open, and keep being proud.
2: you are just the most incredible parents. (laughs) Thank you. It's just ridiculous. Um, We always finish the podcast, with asking if there's one bit of advice that you give your non-parenting self that doesn't really make sense though no i get it really confusing i get yeah
1: but before
2: before you were a pair no a bit of advice that you now know mm -hmm. as a parent but you were giving to your non-parenting self yeah
3: yeah it's a really good question um Terribly worded. Um, Absolutely. I mean, the dyslexia is (laughs) riddled in that
2: in that sentence. Um,
3: Yeah, I think it's something I think I've learned later as he's gotten older, and which I wish I'd been thinking about more when he was a baby. Which is, don't forget that he's a person. You know, when they're tiny and you're just doing the like, it's like you're like doing like shift work, and you're like okay, feed and clean and bathe and everything, and. I think I've lost track a couple of times of being like, my God, what is this like for him? This must be mad and frightening and full on. And now, especially as he's older, and you know, especially when there's like tantrums and all that, mm. I do try and think, oh God, you know, yeah, life is difficult. And sometimes you do want to scream and you should be able to. And, you know, I just would try and remind myself of that. He's also a person too.
2: Yeah, and they're such complete individuals from the yeah. big moment they're born, which is, I just don't think you i never i don't think i ever really thought about that and then the moment he was born you're like you're this they're their own person and i'm there to guide them and make them good Mm -hmm. but they are completely their own yeah and they have their own feelings and their own thoughts and they get yeah they get cross at things that you don't get cross at
3: yeah. And at the beginning, totally.
2: yeah, you are like,
3: oh, God, but... Yeah, so, like, now he plays with tracks. He does big train tracks and everything all around the house. And the dog will walk past and knock one over, and he'll lose his mind. He'll go crazy, and he'll be, like, kicking. And it's like, I, yeah, I just have to remember that that's, like, someone that's walking in theory. and, like, throwing my computer across the room when I've been working all day. You know what I mean? Like, I just... I do try and keep in the front of my mind so that that means loads to him yeah. in his
2: little world. Um... So yeah, I would remind myself of just that. Just before the podcast ends, because you just spoke about work and like, this is a question that um, we were talking about is when you're in a, a straight relationship, it's just, you know, I, I used to be now very much not the case, but you would always, you know, the father would mm-hmm. be the breadwinner or the father, the mother would stay at home with the baby and do maternity leave and the other would go off to work. When you and Jem, that obviously isn't, what happens anymore? But that was... Yeah. You, no, with I've, you yeah. and Jem, did you ever go, you know what, Jem, actually, I'm going to go back to work mm-hmm. really soon and you're going to stay at home with Emilio?
3: Well, because she had already... She was already employed and I was, you know, just lying around being a writer, um, <laughs> it was kind of... It was just assumed that she'd go back. Um, and even though we are... That fits us quite well now because I write and I, I take him to school and, she, yeah. she, you know, she does, like, a nine-to-five... But even though I think about this sometimes like how we are obviously kind of, you know, forward thinking and like a non-traditional couple, we have like slipped so comfortably into the roles of like a Victorian <laughs> household. Me and Amelia like stand at the door and I like give her a kiss goodbye and we like waver off to the bus. But um, so, yeah, maybe we're not that forward <laughs>
2: thinking. Oh, Tan, I'm so pleased you've come on and thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. I love it. Um... Thank you everyone for listening. I'm so pleased that you're all you're all listening and, and, and liking it and the feedback has been just so amazing and I'm just so, so happy. Please, everybody, keep subscribing and keep sharing and telling people about this because the more we can get these amazing stories from all of these amazing guests that we have um, spread to as many ears as possible would be just,